Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Talk podcast hosted by today, Pete's Flips and Max Anthony FBA. Today, we have a very special guest, Brant Sells, Jake Brant. Um, really happy to have him on. Uh, relatively new seller, but just crossed the $50,000 threshold in December. Um, a very nice achievement for somebody that has been taking uh, Amazon seriously for a few months now. Um, so, Jake, thanks for hopping on and, and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get a little bit into your backstory. Um, do you want to share how you found Amazon and what that journey looked like for you? Yeah, yeah. I actually opened a seller account in 2020. Uh, so I've been on the Amazon game for a while, on and off. Uh, I found a Fields of Profit first, uh, really connected with, I was back then a college student, he being a college student selling books. Um, I didn't really have the time uh, to do books efficiently like he was. Um, so I kind of steered away from the book route and saw a bunch of other guys like Reezy Resales. He was going into stores and he was posting like exactly what he was buying. So, I, I mean, I'm sure those videos were sold. Why would this guy just give out what he's buying? Um, but I just kind of replicate what he did. He did. Um, it got me, I don't know, a few thousand dollars in revenue a month, but nothing serious. Uh, I never saw any real fruits from my pro of my labors. Fizzled out very quickly. Um, I, I did find a few few things that I really hit hard. A lot of, I went into a Nordstrom Rack around here and uh, a lot of leggings from there, but they were, they were kind of weird, kind of threw me off. But uh, it fizzled out quick, got into the nine to five, uh, eventually got married. Um, and I was working way too much and it just wasn't working out with Amazon. And recently I decided, Hey, I'm going to pick it back up. Uh, I decided I didn't do anything collaboration wise with any other sellers. I definitely wasn't on Twitter, um, until this time around, uh, was only really watching YouTube, like a heavy amount. <laughs> um, so jumped on, jumped on Twitter, saw miles had a coaching group, um, I remember seeing a few of his early videos, but I was more familiar with Fields of Profit, um, but kind of did a deep dive into Miles' videos for about a week. Uh, tossed around the idea of a coaching program. Uh, just decided I was going to take the plunge. I was either going to sink or swim, and here we are. Awesome. Awesome. So when you were, when you were selling in 2020, were you only selling books, or is there anything else that you, you kind of uh... – had some success with. I thought he was just grabbing Reezy's, uh, he was cherry picking off a Reezy. That's kind of interesting. He was posting his, uh, I wonder if he was doing that on purpose, uh, to show people like, Hey, go and get this. And then they sell it. And uh, that's, I don't know. It's kind of odd. Maybe it was, it was earlier on though. So maybe there wasn't the whole, it's become a little more saturated for sure. Oh yeah. So maybe he wasn't, uh, as doxing himself back then, but now that's like a huge no, no. I see RA guys, oh, absolutely. their stuff. I'm like, man, don't do that. They're going to find your store, A, and then they're going to find all the other reasons. So. Yeah, y'all on Twitter are animals. You're all picking each other apart. It's crazy. Yeah, it was mainly books. Um, the one person I did talk with, uh, I knew in person that sold on Amazon, he was doing private label and the occasional trip to like Target or something. Um, for some reason, he was like heavy selling these Ticonderoga pencils he was convinced those were going to like be the next thing that made him millions. Uh, 
I never got on those pencils, but he was convinced. Um, but I did, I didn't do a ton of books, like really just around the house textbooks. Um, any of the textbooks, my friends, I did do that. Um, like my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, she was a psychology major. They had all the more science. And then because she was also in just the STEM area, she, we had math books we would sell. Um, it really wasn't a big operation at all. Like three or four people that I would buy their books from and for like five or 10 more dollars than the bookstore would offer them once they were done with their class. Um, but books, probably about 10% of the operation. Everything else was like TJ Maxx. Okay. That's where I mean, I remember scanning the racks there for a while there. Don't know if I made a lot of money, but. Look at grading. You'd go in there for hours, come out with like maybe $45 spin, and you're like, this isn't going anywhere quickly. Well, it's super tough uh, to balance that in a nine to five. Like I have a lot of respect because there are some people that can go in there and just clean up. But yeah, uh, you know, when you're, you know, traveling to the office, doing that sort of thing, it's a little, it's a little bit more difficult. So OA is definitely more appealing from that perspective. Um, did you have any uh, side hustles or anything that like led you to Amazon prior to opening the account? Oh, I habitually side hustle. Like <laughs> it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Like you, you know, but a lot of other people don't know. I sell like a ton on Facebook marketplace. Uh, it's just like a it's like a character building exercise, if you will. A bunch of uh, <laughs> couches. I've I have a wholesale connection for couches. Um, my area in upstate of South Carolina isn't the best to sell couches in, but I do have some connections that will buy them. Uh, not not necessarily a wholesale rate, but I sell them to them, and they kind of like a a consignment type thing. Uh, it's very labor intensive, not fun to do at all. Amazon is much better on the back. Uh, the back pain from bending over uh, doing prep is much better than picking up 160 pound boxes for couches. Okay. Yeah, that does, that has a, what's the weight limit on it? Amazon is, I don't even, I don't even know. I forget what that. Uh, I think the weight limit to send anything, Amazon, you really have to fact check me. Somebody in the comments probably will, but like 150 pounds is like the most you can do. That's yeah. That's the UPS limit. Yeah. So if you're doing FBM, I found mm -hmm. out the hard way on that one. Uh, took on thirteen thousand dollars in uh, fines when shipping pools back in the day, um, for one hundred fifty-one pounders. Um, but yeah, one hundred fifty for UPS, and then like if you're sending an FBA shipment, keep it under fifty. I'd even go at, like under forty-five to be safe. You don't want to get slapped by them, especially if like your scale is not super accurate i've had like three or four shifts mm. where my scale said you know 43 and they clocked it as like 52 and i was like man come on yes, i always go right around your fba shipment holds up money being made yeah definitely tough yeah definitely not not something you really want to be getting into um but you may mentioned that you're also you also have a nine to five yeah how do you manage uh you know having the nine to five and then also putting a lot of time into your Amazon store and family obligations and such. Yeah, I'm a big uh, proponent of mixing them all. Some people would say like, uh, keep your work life separate from your side hustle life, from your family life. I'd say probably 60% of all items that go out of my house FBA are probably packed by my wife. Like 
she is she doesn't like to find deals she doesn't like to shop away but if it's throwing something into a poly bag and sending out the door she's all game um so like a lot of packing is done by her a lot of fba prep is done by her um so that and she's a teacher so her schedule is like pretty predictable so she gets home she wants to uh, help pack um but i'd say i work from home it makes it a ton easier it's biggest hack ever i came from uh the the office job it was a lot more difficult than uh just planning on when i was going to get to the post office uh, when i was going to uh, my job going there was nowhere near the nearest ups store so a lot of times i was dropping them at the ups drop-off locations at cvs uh, so add another day two days sometimes depending on where the cvs is to add on to your time for things to get to amazon um, it is really just figuring out what's your job, what, what's the best way for you to get it done? How can you mix, uh, spending time with your people with also getting stuff done? I know a lot of it's going to go away. Like we're not going to FBM throughout the entire year. We're only going to FBM probably even half of Q4, not really the front half. Um, so life's going to change a little bit here soon. It'll be more FBA, FBA prep instead of FBM. So. Yep. A hundred percent. I think. Uh, one thing you mentioned about the remote work is is really, really critical. Like a lot of people that have the nine to five and mm-hmm. like nothing against the nine to five. I think that, um, I mean, personally, I, I hang on to it. I think it's smart too. Um, but getting that remote job is so important just for the fact that you're not commuting. Like Absolutely. you're saving hours a week. And over time, if you use that time efficiently, you then can build your own thing. You can still rock it at the nine to five, do a good job there. Um, and the realization for, or like the truth for, for a lot of folks is that the in-office nine to five is a choice. I understand that like you may be comfortable in that role, but you can negotiate with your employer or you could find a new job. Like it's a choice. Yeah. Um, so uh, that is, I think the biggest thing for anyone that works a nine to five is the remote work. Because mm-hmm. you're just saving a lot of time, a lot of energy, um, and you can still do a really nice job in both spaces if you, you know, if if you choose to do so. Um, yeah, going off of that, also a lot of people don't realize how negotiable like the basic things in life are. Um, for instance, just personally, like I've negotiated scholarship for school. Yeah. So all you college people, like you can walk into someone high up's office and negotiate scholarship. Um, you hear that on whatever, but no one ever thinks like, how do I do this? Um, there was a need at my school. I was able to meet said need and negotiated more money for scholarship. Um, work, if you want to be remote and there's opportunity for that, maybe it's two, three days a week, but that provides you the time to get your work done in X amount of time, but then devote your time resource to another thing. Uh, we all, we hear on like these billionaires, millionaire people who uh, are lending advice to the younger generation or people who are trying to get into their shoes that time is your most valued asset. Nobody's out there reaching to secure their time more widely. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of the things that I think successful sellers do is they really protect that time. You know, if you have, um, you know, maybe somebody that may be more negative towards the Amazon space, you know, maybe you'll limit that 
interaction or you try and like frame it in a way that says, Hey, maybe we're just going to talk about this the relationship stays as it is. Um, and cause you, you, you don't have to agree with people on everything. Um, yeah. but then creating those boundaries at work and then in personal life will just set you up really, really well to have, you know, functioning relationships, take advantage of your time. Um, and, and that, that's really all there is to it is just creating, you know, just expectations with folks, um, so that everything can, can roll as you'd like. Um, but I do like your point about everything is negotiable at the end of the day. If you'd like to be remote, it's probably a hell of a lot cheaper for them to approve that remote work than yeah. to hire somebody new and like train that person. You don't want to, they don't want to lose all of the institutional knowledge that you have. Um, so everything is life is negotiable in life. So just present, pre present the value case and, and you'll be good to go. Um, so 50 K in December, um, pretty good growth. Um, start what month did you start? Uh, heavy month was October. I did do a few, like the last week of September, but it was like, I think $2,000 total. So like, we'll, we'll just say October is my first full month. So what do you think allowed you to get to that point so quickly? I'm not the first one to come on here from our group. So it, it's almost like beating a dead horse. But yep. the group chat literally changed the trajectory of my Amazon career and in flip my life because um, I would not have been put on the leads that I was put on. I would not have experienced the growth that I did um, or like just simple cutting corners that were, were, I wouldn't have known about before. Everything came from networking with other sellers who were in a similar spot as me. Um, B flips puts, has a TikTok out there about the middle school mindset of uh, don't come up to the, uh, I guess how he puts it, like the popular kids table and kneel there, uh, pull up a chair at the, the next step down. You're, you're around people who are just like you. And it's so true. Like it really has like, whether it's Aaron posted in, Hey, I went and did this at this RA store. You should also do this in your neck of the woods. And it helps because Aaron's in Indiana. We have guys in Georgia, Jersey, like we're all spread out. So we're not encroaching on anyone's territory. Uh, it's very easy to, even though there's not a lot of retail opportunity around me, what there is, no one else is grabbing. So right. the group well, like base one of what was allow allowed us to be successful. Well, and I think that we saw in the FPM cup that that geographic disbursement really helped you guys. Um, Cause you know, some of the, the, the towels, they, we're all kind of huddled around a couple stores. Yeah. Um, and I mean, breaking news, I suppose y'all, y'all won by about a hundred K. So, um, congratulations for that. You guys really, you know, did a nice job. Yeah, um, I was very impressed by how everybody navigated it. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was impressive to see you kind of watch, uh, how quickly you guys we're kind of on the up and up and understood how to navigate that. It, it was really, really cool to watch. Yeah. I would say to that, um, I've gotten a front front seat view into the mentality of someone who really does crave success and someone who doesn't, uh, 
those who don't probably are going to be the ones that you interact with on a day-to-day basis who are okay with the, the life that they live. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there has to be diversity in people of that nature. Not everyone was, uh, comes out of the womb ready to be a millionaire. Like that's just <laughs> how it is. Um, like there is the way our capitalist world, it requires there to be people who are okay with the way they live on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I've got to see, guys who truly have motivation similar to me and who are also habitually wanting to day in and day out better themselves and figure out how to push their business forward. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting. Um, you know, over the last like 10 months for me, it's been just like pushing, 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 um, over the holidays, it was like really nice for like maybe a week and a half just to kind of like reset and yeah. not be going constantly. I was still, I was still working, but you know, resetting from the sprint mode to like, let's work smarter this year um, has been really, really nice. Um, because you know, when, when you're grappling and clawing to get to that point of competency, it's a grind. Um, yeah. It is a grind, and uh, kind of happy now to be refining and creating systems. Thanks a lot to Max. He's put a lot of effort in to kind of train our virtual team. Um, (laughs) And um, yeah, so uh, that's been going very, very well. And, you know, the the next iterations are kind of what you've been working for. And I think that's probably true for every uh, ring of the ladder that you continue to climb. Yeah. Max, you were gonna say something? No, yeah, I was just gonna say when you're talking about being around people that are, you know, really hungry for success. I think that's so what's so great about social media is, you know, we all have people around us and, you know, that we met growing up and stuff. And, you know, sometimes those aren't the type of people that really want the same thing as you. And I guess as you get older, you kind of start to realize whose values you align with more. Yeah. You know, people rotating out of your life. And that's kind of just growing up and um, growth. And uh, what's great about social media is you can really find your tribe online. And, you know, I hate to, you know, it's, I know this new generation is all online, but, you know, me and Pete met through a Twitter DM. Uh, me and yeah. Max, we all met through Twitter. And then we got in the group chat and we started on Zoom. Um, and then now you see, you know, I, I drove up to New Jersey. We all hung out. We literally all stayed in the same hotel room for That's a awesome. conference. And then, I, you know, we flew to, you know, I flew to PA for the day and I had dinner with everyone. And we're hanging out in Miami and now we're traveling all together. And, you know, it really built like a strong group of friends through similar interests and similar work ethic. Um, similar mindset and that's what's so great about social media is it really allows you to be social and you know it starts online but eventually you'd like to meet these people and you know it's all over the place but as your you know level of selling goes up and your revenue goes up and the money you make goes up you're able to afford different things you're able to travel it's all expensive anyway because it's all business expense too which is great which is Um, yeah that's a cheat because you get to spend it with people you enjoy yeah it's awesome yeah it's it's nothing better you know, what uh, I, I think I sent you a, D, a a lead, and you were like, "I feel like a scumbag taking the lead." I wonder how bad the lead it was. Like, if I, remember, back, I remember what it was. I don't remember what it was. Say, but I remember what it was. It, it was nah, it wasn't that bad. But I was at I think I, at that time, I didn't feel comfortable. There was a few people sending me leads, and I was like, I only have like at the time I only had like four or five leads, and they weren't that great. And I'm like, dude, if I start sending everyone leads, I'm like, I, I can't keep up with everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was like, I think I messaged you back. I was like, oh, I feel like a scumbag. I'm not at the point where I'm sourcing enough, efficiently enough, 
I was doing 10 hours a day, not finding much. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how you got to do it when you, be, when you first start, man, you might spend eight, nine hours and find nothing yeah. when you first yeah. start. Excuse Garrett me. really hit the nail on the head. I've heard him say it a ton. Like you have to get your reps in like, it's yeah. the same thing with anything until you become uh, fluent with it to, to notice like certain nuances of keep graphs of just yeah. what a product looks like. Will people want this over that um, for variations, just things like that. Like, and I wouldn't, that's another thing the group has allowed me to do is progress at an insanely quick, quick rate. One of the, so I actually recorded a, one Twitter view, video before Aaron zero day put out his first that just blew Twitter up. Um, and I haven't posted it. I don't even think I have it anymore. I might've deleted out of the drafts, but the, the whole idea was the, of the video was like, you have to get with your core group of sellers because if I may, if I have to make a hundred mistakes to get to success and I have 10 other people with me, that means I have to make 10 next guy I have to make 10 go so on and so forth. A lot quicker than me making a hundred mistakes myself. Yep. Yeah. The knowledge compounds crazy. Absolutely. Um, so does the growth and just your overall experience as well, sharing stories and you're kind of like learning, but you know, you, yeah, it's all compounded. Was there a moment where you felt like you kind of started to be able to read, keep a graphs a lot better? Cause I think when I first started, you know, looking back, you know, there was so many different variables you have to look at, like the offer count, the variations. And I, I had a checklist. And when I first started, I'll go by, okay, variations, boom, offer count, boom, uh, BSR, boom. And I'll kind of go one by one. I mean, now I can look at a keep a chart and within three seconds, know whether I'd even be entertained to buy it or not. And then, you know, if I do buy it, I'll go a little deeper, but it's like instant now. Was there like a moment you kind of realized when that happened? Did it kind of click or was it kind of slow and gradual? Uh, more slow and gradual, but I'd say the, the like timeline of when it like really sped up and I started getting it was... Uh, probably mid-November of this year because Parker is amazing at Keepa. Like he, I don't know what it is, but he and Keepa just jive. And I was so, not not threatened, but I, was, I felt real little whenever he first came into the group. We hopped in a call and he was like talking about different Keepa graphs of different leads that I, myself and other people had said, well, I'm not going to buy this one because this part of the keeper is not good for what I want to buy. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't even see that. So that make that humbles you real fast. Like you think that what the stuff you're buying is good, but then he'll send something else and say, I noticed this about this keeper graph and this is why I'm going to buy it. And that humbles you real quick when you realize he knows a lot more about me and he is way far ahead of me. So hundred yeah, percent. I mean, it's kind of a nice dynamic of these groups is that there's always somebody in the group that's better at you at something. And yeah. I think that that like hacks into, you know, like traits that we have as competitive people to like, I at least want to be on par and then I want to pass. And if you just keep having that, you're just all going to continue to climb that ladder together. Yeah. Um, and then they know that somebody's kind of nipping at their tail a little bit. Um, so it just keeps everybody kind of going in the right direction. But yeah, I mean, a hundred percent with Parker. I mean, there were some conversations that I had with him where I could tell that like he understood what was going on like very yes, quickly. Yes. Um, so yeah, shout out to Parker for that. Like he, for a first December managed it. I, I don't know if you could manage it better. Um, yeah, yeah it was only, very, very impressive. The, the, 
big difference between where I'm at and where they're at. Uh, I'd say they being the leaders of our group that crushed the 100K mark for the month is their risk tolerance is far <laughs> higher than mine. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not condoning that you should throw your personal credit into the risk tolerance conversation, but there are people who are able to do that because of me being married, having yep. a job, securing loans in the very near future. I can't do that. So I couldn't um, take leaps that they were making themselves. Um, but all props to them. If I didn't have a wife, I promise you, my personal credit would have been thrown into question. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what that's, that's for part of the years for. So. Hey, look, yeah. There's, I, I've had struggles with this. I'm kind of in the middle of, you know, fixing mine. So it's, uh, the grass is not always greener on the other side, you know, yeah. I, would, I mean, I'm not like a, you know, credit expert or anything, but to anyone starting, I would definitely recommend, you know, working with what you have at first, but definitely opening up an LLC as soon as you get going. Um, yes. and, and, you know, trying to open up some business cards and slowly grow those rather than tanking your personal credit. Yeah. And I would, I would look at Amex pretty hard, um, yeah. because they, you know, once I fully got off personal, like, I mean, not going to lie, I used it a little bit for, uh, December just for yeah. like a very small amount. Um, yeah, you know what you're doing though. You, you were able to recoup that money within 30 days. So I would, yeah, I mean, it's all paid off, yeah. but, um, we just, we ran into some limits and I didn't want to leverage the line of credit. It just didn't, for the amount of money I needed, it, it didn't make sense. Um, Another reason I don't send wife to do <laughs> RA is she goes to one store. They're like, oh, you can get 15% off if you open this personal credit. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you hate to see it. She, she texts me. She's like, I got an extra 15% off. <laughs> no way. How'd you do it? And she's like, I just opened up a card. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. But the, the Amex is really nice because it doesn't really have any impact on my personal. Yeah. So I can stretch on the LLC and not care about it because there used to be conversations um, with with my uh, with my wife about like what my credit was doing to hers um, yeah. when stuff was on the personal. Um, so keeping that separate, you know, it keeps everybody happy and everything's kind of, a, you know, can, can move forward smoothly. Um, but uh, lots of lots of conferences coming up. Do you expect to be joining on any of the fun in the next, you know, four or five months? Yeah, yeah ASD, I Miami. Be, I would definitely be at Miami. Um, the only thing that's holding me up from saying that ASD is a hundred percent a go would be um, my knowledge of the wholesale space. I think it's a waste of a trip if I go and I'm not able to actually speak with all these distributors and suppliers with a confident knowledge. Um, backing myself because like I'm not going to get I'm not going to land any accounts that are going to help me if I can't back what I'm saying yeah um, I, I'm able to communicate with people connect on a personal level build relationships but I haven't yet I've yet to open a, a wholesale account on the Amazon space so uh, we'll see what ASD has to hold I really want to go I wanted to go back uh, so we started selling like the first part of 2020 um, before COVID was a thing, before things started getting canceled. The idea was to go with the guy I knew personally selling on Amazon to ASD back in 2020, but that didn't pan out. So um, 
I'd like to go. It another thing that makes it very easy to say, yeah, I can go off a whim or I no, I don't need to is I work remote and I can I don't have to ask off. I can I can say, hey, I'll be, need to be out these amount of hours. I'll take my PTO then, but it's only a few hours on one day. It's mm-hmm. a lot of these conferences seem to be on weekends, so well, you got to possibly need or going remote. It's a big proponent for the business. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I for sure will be at Miami. I don't know about ASD yet. I haven't decided on that. I think it's a great thing to go, and I would challenge you on. Um, you know, not going because you don't think you're going to open a, an account. If you continue just to roll with the with Twitter and, and you know increasing the audience, that's where I met Sawyer. I'd never talked to Sawyer prior prior yeah. to ASD, um, and now you know we talk occasionally, and you know, very you know he's a goat. So um, would challenge you there is that you might you might meet somebody that then you know yeah. you know you have a warm intro into the next person. Yeah, the the meeting everyone in person is huge because like networking with other sellers and stuff. You know, it's different when you're on a Zoom. I would say there's like levels. There's DM, which is like real cold. Zoom, <laughs> people start to kind of talk. <laughs> you know, when you're in person, you know, you feel more comfortable. Like you're actually talking to a real human. You can kind of feel someone's intangibles out. You can kind of really get a sense for them. Um, and so, you know, you feel comfortable talking with that person. They share a lot and people share a lot. And, you know, you share with other people. And it's just it's a great way to actually learn knowledge and meet other people and understand what they do behind the scenes. Well, have you guys been to Miami? conference yet nope no. so nope. it's time for everybody yeah this will yeah. be this will be a whole new experience for everybody but i think to max's point um when you're trying to find that group like after the first call like if you call someone for the first time and you're on zoom and you're meeting each other it doesn't have to go exceptionally well like it yeah. just, it's like I'll, i mean my my first call with steven went horribly and then uh <laughs> our first call with deke was really that was pretty positive like but it's like it still takes time to like you know really you know trust each other develop yeah. the relationship um but you know everything evolves over time now i get a call from steven every night and it's like you know two peas in a pod but um you know it just takes time be patient continue to exist you'll find your people over time it may not you may not think that you found the person on the first interaction and then you might vibe four months later like it's very true yeah it's very true um so as we're kind of getting closer to the end of the pod um goals for 2024 what are we looking to do a goal for 2024 have a 100k month that's that's baseline oh man that's easy that's easy (laughs) we'll see no you kidding me you have that in the bag bro you'll do that in august for sure you'll probably do it before august but you'll 100 percent do that in august. Well, we, I, I was talking to deke about goals and like deke has these really really big goals i set like really really small goals and i just trust myself and know that i'll just go past them like my goal for 2023 was to have a prep center and we, we went a little further than that so like just something <laughs> directional for me <laughs> patrick bet david has a really good thing i think he says that you Every single year, he sets like five major goals, and he yeah. his goal is to accomplish eighty percent of those, so four out of the five. Um, because he's like, if I accomplish all of them, I thought too small. If I don't, if I accomplish only three out of five, maybe I was a little stretch or my performance wasn't adequate. But if I have you know four goals I accomplish and then one stretch and then I don't get to it, that's good. It leaves something for next year. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But so we've got hundred k in a month. Anything else? Uh, second one would 
I really would like to be at least 50% wholesale by uh, the next next December. Uh, that, that seems like I would something I'd really, really like to do just because based on how my life is coming up, we're, uh, my wife is pregnant, so we will be having a kid this year. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah. Big a news. lot of that will come with, I'll have the prep center. So um, right now it's, it's okay for her to walk in and prep, I don't know, 25 things to go out. And that's not on my shoulders, but uh, eventually that will be, uh, I don't want it on either of our shoulders. I want to have a prep center, send it out, do it for me. Uh, take that part out of my business. Um, and so definitely want to be 50% wholesale. Uh, and then just personal goal, because I think, I think that's important. I think too many people focus solely on Amazon or whatever business they're a part of. Um, and I want to say that we were, I was talking to my wife about this and I want to just say that I'm going to go to the gym however many days this year. I don't want to just say, Oh, we're going to eat, eat better. I just want to be healthier. And like, uh, like I said, we're, ha- we have a kid on the way. I don't want to get up in the middle of the night, be huffing and puffing, like going to hold, uh, feed this kid, do whatever. I just, yep. But very, very good. I think that, you know, it is 2024. We are recording this on the first. Um, but yeah, everybody make an effort to be a little bit healthier. That's a really good, you know, aspirational goal. I know that I'm trying to do that as well. Um, but anything that you want to, you, you know, leave the listeners with Jake, anything, any closing notes as we wrap up? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, ever since you guys asked me to do the podcast, like the number one question, I can't believe you guys didn't ask it. Like, what would you say to a new seller? Like that, that type of question. Um, so I'll ask it for you. What would I say to a new seller who's in my shoes? I don't know, Pete. I'm just kidding. I would say, uh, you often hear the, the phrase like comparison is the thief of joy. I'd say for business purposes, comparison is the thief of success for sure. Because a 50K for m- month for me is going to look a whole lot different than a 50K month for Pete or Max or anybody else fill in the blank. Um, you don't know the backstory. You don't know anything that's going on. Do not com- put yourself into the, the pit, pitfall of saying this person is doing this and I'm not doing this. So I'm unsuccessful. That's not true. Find your own success. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. We're all running our own race yeah. and you know, some people may have a lot of time and may not have a lot of money. So like you're going to run a race that's different than someone that has access to a ton of, you know, capital. Um, they may, you know, want some convenience, some lower margin. So that's okay too. Um, everybody's doing it to kind of fit their lifestyle. And I think that's really, really good advice. Um, but so Jake, where can people find you at as we wrap up? Uh, I'm at Brent sales on Twitter. I haven't started, uh, any other platform yet. Um, maybe I'll look out for it. Who knows? Not really an Instagram guy, personal either. So like, we'll see what happens. All right. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. It it was a great interview. Um, I really appreciate you having you. And um, to all the listeners, we'll see you next time.